0: Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission.
1: Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts.
2: And the first column of timing now reads four hours. That seems more like we are really pretty close to the end now of course we're not because we're over a European Le Mans series race distance from the finish but at least it's four hours and 56 minutes now and Nick Damon paying close attention to something else at pit road tell me
3: you what <laughs> it's the p3 leader at Sean Creech motor where well, the p3 leader when they came in the number 33 stop looked absolutely fine and you were reading away with the uh, update and i turned around the car was still there and they Seem to have an issue where it's, it's stuck. They can't get neutral. It's stuck in gear. They've done the. Uh, they've changed the steering wheel. There's a big three on the steering wheel, so it's gonna be stuck in third gear. They just tried, they've, got, they've picked up a selector actuation issue, which could be electrical, could be pneumatic, uh, and effectively, this great run from the 33 is evaporated. They did have a. La- they had lap lead, didn't they, at that point? Yeah. But they are. They've been sitting here for longer than a lap. Nolan Siegel in the car. Um, And they continue to try and work out what's going on. But we've seen this before. This can often be fixed by a simple flick of a switch. Or that can be it. That can be the end of the race. So I just stay here and find out which one it is. Well,
2: Thomas Merrill in the Duquesne that was doing the chasing. Coming through the third sector now. He's got a few cars in front of him. But some of those actually might be quicker cars. So he'll want them overtaking i.e. lapping him to leave a clear road in front. And Thomas Merrill still not scored as the LMP3 race leader we might need another split yet so for him to head into sector 2 for that to be confirmed but the Nolan Seagal pit stop for the Sean Creech motorsport Ligier is now up to four and a half minutes and I don't think it was a four and a half minute gap at the head of the LMP3 field, Bruce.
0: No, it's actually four minutes is the last split I've got, 240 yes. seconds on the nose, but uh, it could almost be a one-and-a-half-lap lead that's about to be depleted. But Sir uh, Thomas pressing on, Nolan Siegel, Siegel, as Nick pointed out, struggling in the pit lane. And, uh, Nick, earlier you were very excited that you spotted something obvious under a car, a pool of water. It's like going to the, your local general practitioner, and they go, "Ah, oh, at last, my first client today who's got... You, your arm's hanging off, sir. Can I sew it back on? You know, they, rather than people going, in. I've got a bit of an ache, I've got you know, a malaise. But uh, we, we're very analogue in spotting things. Well, I certainly am, So You can <laughs> imagine there. Nick was delighted down there. Things you can see as a pit reporter. Yes, we've got daylight, but so many times if it's an electronic problem, Johnny, there's not a lot you can do to analyse it. In fact, not a lot the teams can do half the time. Other pit stoppers, hopefully these should be
2: more uh, scheduled stops for Dane Cameron in the Porsche Penske Motorsports 963, the best of those two cars. So Dane in from fifth position for stop number 23 of the race. And Pietro Fittipaldi making a pause in the Orica 07 Car 51. He was sixth in class Car 51, the offering from Rick Ware Racing. So about to rejoin after a couple of minutes. In fact, he's already back out on track, is the Brazilian, to rejoin, still hanging on to sixth spot. We're up to six minutes now for Nolan Seagal, and confirmed that is the re- the class lead being lost to Thomas Morel. Duquesne overtaking Ligier and not on the racetrack. The attention is still on the rear of this car. You they wiggling and waggling to make something fit, as Nick has described, with the rear deck or the rear engine cover off. And unfortunately, Nolan just left to sit patiently in the cockpit, hoping it's a new actuator that's being fitted, in fact, but that is not work that you want to be doing again with very hot components and instructions being fed to the two mechanics on the shop floor from the Pratt perch. New tools being offered up as well. Are you still in the vicinity, Dick?
3: Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm, this, is, this is proper engineering. I'm not missing this. Good stuff. <laughs> you know, there's, 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 there's ratchets. I haven't seen. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they can do it with spanners and, and screwdrivers. I haven't had to use a lump hammer yet or any t- tie wraps, But it's uh, it's good old fashioned. Let's unscrew mm-hmm. the thing that's not. We, we th- well, let's unscrew the thing we think's not working and screw thing we hope will work. But uh, yeah, this is not the work of a moment and. Uh, if uh, their victory sort of disappearing uh, in front of their very eyes, but obviously there is still, because p 3s had quite a class, had quite a lot of attrition, there's still the chance of a decent result. Yeah, they do,
0: Nick, but, you know, in the middle of the night, uh, in our earlier night stint, AWA number 17, that Duquesne that's now in the class lead with Thomas Merrill, of course, the lead was built up by Wayne Boyd, and they've got Nico Verone, a very, very quick uh, Argentinian in that lineup as well, and uh, once, I think, uh, Wayne and Nico back, get back in that car alongside or in conjunction with Anthony Mantella I think we'll see that advantage stretch because the the quick guys built the lead it was dissipated a bit and now it's coming back their way with a helping hand of course from Sean Creech Motorsport but uh, you take what you get and for AWA two cars entered in the P3 class but definitely their sort of flag uh, bearing one is the number 17 back into the lead of the class and just remember they've got the quick guys still to come in the final five hours. Well, Merrill I think, will be on an in-lap now
2: in car 17, so he's taken the class lead, now going into a couple of laps advantage for AWA. And remember those, well, what seemed like a number of hours when AWA led with Wayne Boyd at the wheel and then Verone took over from the ultimate and uh, performed greatly in the night, and it looked to be going the way of awa i have to say but sean creech motorsport kept plugging away and managed to get the lead back again and we were treated to a pretty much a race-long scrap so it would be a real shame if it's ended on these reliability difficulties but still the car is stopped in the pit box nine minutes the pit stop now and there we added or added to this will be the indignity, if you like, of the Thomas Morel car coming in to pass it in pit road, almost walking speed, because it is due a regular pit stop, car number 17. Lubricant now being sprayed around the affected area. Rear wheels being bolted back on again. Get the feeling that we're nearing the end of, uh, of the
0: work being done but definitely reassembly not disassembly at this point yes uh, again everything has to be tightened because these cars we've mentioned it many a time johnny here they get a huge load on the tail of the car with that the big rear wing there and uh, anything that's not quite tight is going to make it feel very very uncomfortable for the drivers So the 17
2: car rounding the Western Horse Show, intriguingly it has the number one positional light on the left-hand side and the number two positional light illuminated on the right-hand side. Let's see if that's changed. No, it still says that. So one when you look at it from the left, two on the right. One is correct, as far as I can tell from our timing screen. It's actually three laps to the good now, Thomas Morel over Nolan Seagal. Rounding
0: the turn in the dark green and black, Bruce. It was like my timing screen earlier. I had to go to a second one. There was ten laps between them. So he's got old time on one and new time on the other. It does make you jump. and think, hold on, that must be saying number one. Why is it saying two? You then start pouring through your screens to find what's what. But there's no doubting, AWA number 17, the the black and green Ligier. uh, Sorry, Duquesne leading the best of the Lichiers Now by three laps and some decent laps here by Thomas Merrill. But you reckon he's due in fairly soon. I think
2: this could be an in lap, if not next time around and he stays to the low side as for the slower cars you are instructed to do in the driver's briefing it's left to the lmp2 car from tower motorsports to find its way by and thomas morel for the time being is happy to stay out now it could fairly comfortably make 32 laps 33 would be a stretch but not entirely impossible and the duquesne and the ligier that have been battling backwards and forwards pretty much all the way through the race, as mentioned, powered by the same uh, power unit, remember, the 5.6-litre Nissan V8, upgraded a few years ago. Pretty thirsty on the fuel, but all of that's been measured around here at Daytona, and those, uh, the stint length, particularly this far out from the chequered flag, won't be taking anything to chance. It could get rather interesting for all five classes as we near the chequered flag, though, where fuel save mode might be have to be entered and indeed some risks may have to be taken we've seen that many many times through the years of cars almost making the checkered flag but actually running out of fuel with feet
0: to spare through t- to speedway turns three and four now of course as the brains become a little tired that was the end of the first hour frankly but um we're getting towards the end of this race and jake parrot on twit- tweeting into rsl underscore studio says um every p3 run in this race every car in the p3 class needs to do one f- stop that's more than four minutes but hey looking at that car in the pits well wow. we're talking about the 33 from sean Creek motorsport that's more than six minutes at this late stage in the race we need these things pointed to out but uh, out to us but quite clearly that the class lead had been 17th overall has only fallen to 18th but unfortunately instead of being a lap up they are now four laps in arrears. Nolan Siegel sitting patiently on board would be interested to see if that uh, repair work or the new actuator being fitted to the gearbox is nearly complete it certainly looks as like it was going that way but Nolan Siegel came in from the class lead and luckily for him the next car in class Christopher Allen is three laps down but we thought bad was bad but Nick thinks worse is worse Car 33 Nick what are you seeing?
3: Well yeah I was having a look at the car and if you look at the the under tray on the right hand side it looks a bit kind of melty and not quite right and then it's got a load of wires that are hanging on by a string and I was thinking well this, these these aren't looking very good at all in the, in the, that that's, they seem to have melted but I thought well you know the 3A the, 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 the mechanics there are not very bothered about it um, and obviously it's not something important because it's not uh, uh, what's just happened is mechanic B has come round and found that at some point in the recent past, the exhaust has fallen off, the manifold has, fallen, has come loose from the exhaust. So if you think about where you have the headers, the headers then connect the exhaust, that link has come undone. So rather than, it's been pumping out the, the, the heated exhaust gases right onto the under, it. it's melted all of the, now the exhaust second section is gone, which curls back on itself for an exit, as you know, a side exit on these cars. It's melted quite a lot of the carbon fiber it's melted some wires, which... I'm not sure whether the reason the actuator is not working. is mechanical, but they, but he, the, that mechanic said, look, we need to get this back behind the behind the wall, uh, and this is going to get this is literally has gone now to a major problem because they've got some issues now where they're going to have to try and remount the exhaust. They're going to have to see what damage it's done to the under tray, and the 33 car I think could be in for a very very long stop as the mechanic comes over and uses an iPhone camera to show the picture. That count as a torch, and we're still short that one, but uh, yeah, this is a. Uh, this is a, 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 a Rolex watch disappearing and possibly even a podium.
2: Motor racing, eh?
0: Why would you? Well, I mean, why do you, why would you even start to attempt it? You know uh, why I do motor racing, so I can hear phrases issuing from Nick's mouth like melty and not quite right. I'll live with that one for a bit. It's good analysis. It's top analysis for me. Um, this is award-winning broadcasting. Um,
2: Talk about a four-minute stop that needs to be ticked off at some point in the race. Try 15 minutes now for that 33 car, and it's going to get even longer now that the car has gone behind the wall. Thomas Merrill, in the meantime, has been in for the stop that was due for the number 17, Duquesne and AWA, has gone back out again, rejoined the race with no one else in sight in LMP3 now, and the closest car is four laps away. That's the Siegel car that's just gone behind the wall. So you're now really looking at Christopher Allen in the Ligier for number 38, and that car is seven laps further back. So the pressure almost has been taken well and truly off AWA, and confirmation from Nick Damon that the 33 not yet behind the wall, but will be heading in that direction. So I think we're up for a fight now, really, between AWA and Performance Tech Motorsports. And sadly for Performance Tech, it's a seven-lap deficit to try and win the class. They're all potentially going to be podium finishers, although maybe that's speaking too soon for
0: car 33. Yeah, well, Ori Fidani, 574 laps on the board, fourth in class. That's the number 13 an MP3 entry that's the other car from AWA but that's an awful large number of laps in arrears 574 the car that's in now behind the wall 20 laps more so that we're looking at an hour of racing effectively give or take the odd pit stop here or there uh, that has to be made up who knows who knows how long the repairs will take for Sean Creech Motorsport they've had huge success at Daytona the last handful of years and uh, this year doesn't look as though it's going to be adding to their list of honours unfortunately for them I was thinking that lmp 3 was perhaps one of
2: the more... Well, I was going to say smaller, more settled categories, as in we probably knew who was going to feature on the podium, but not necessarily in which order. That has thrown things massively towards AWA now. After they did seem to be in charge just beyond half distance, but Sean Creech came back into the reckoning, but this is a huge fly in the ointment now for... The Creech guys, and let's hope that uh, the car can be sorted out, but if we're talking about melted wiring and associated problems, exhaust manifolds as well to be sorted out, that's an awful lot of work in the closing four hours and 40 minutes. Back to the head of the order, you can hear the 5.5 litre normally aspirated V8 of Scott Dixon down through the gears as he slows for the Le Mans chicane at least one heart of racing Aston Martin up ahead, which is the 27 car, which he goes to the high side of. In turn, the 27 was trying to lap another GT car, it seems, so briefly they were in perfect Chevron formation, but the Cadillac makes quick work of those slow-looking GT cars. They are by no means slow, but that is the speed differential we're talking between the
0: top brand-new class and the GT Daytona cars. Motor racing should be about sound as well as vision and the glorious engine note from that 5.5-litre Cadillac engine riding high on the banking, going past underneath the Commentary Street, the giant buildings overlooking the, the pit lane and just completely right as far as I'm concerned. All is right in the world. The sun is almost uh, rising properly over the Daytona Speedway, but 5.5 uh, litres make just such a proper racing sound. High pitch to an extent, but with that deep sort of basso profondo uh, thunder lying underneath those but uh, again I'm old fashioned like that <laughs> I'm with you I'm entirely with you, I do not mean to be
2: convinced over a big American banger at all and it's just one way of solving a problem posed by the rule makers within IMSA and uh, the regulation creators within the L&DH category four different ways of solving the same Uh, Puzzle, basically. Acura going with a 2.4-litre, relatively small, turbocharged V6 engine. Porsche's effort, the 4.6-litre V8, also twin-turbocharged. We've got the BMW with the 4.0-litre V8 turbo, and this car, the only non-forced injection uh, unit, the LMC 55R from Cadillac, 5.5-litre. I mean, there are... Street going engines in the US, even larger than that, of course. But uh, I suppose there is every effort being made to try and create engines that are smaller and output uh, fewer emissions together with the hybrid technology as well. Yeah, Nick's uh, against that theory, and I'm not, I wasn't fully sold on it myself to be honest. But uh, there's a hybrid in there that's cutting down some of the uh, things coming out of those exhausts we were talking about. Hybrid unit is the same across the board. That cannot be designed independently by the manufacturer. It's supplied by the championship, and you have to weave it in to the makeup of the car. A number of other common components as well. Out of the second of the horseshoes on the infield, then goes the 0 1. Leading from the 60, Acura of Simon Pagino. And in third position, it's the sister Cadillac Racing VLMDH of Alex Lynn. But uh, uh, And yeah, he, he's still on the lead lap, a minute and not quite a half back. So he's within a lap time around here, which current lap speed. 138, mid 138s, mid 137s in the case of Simon Pagino. So he's able to take one or two chunks out of Scotty Dixon, but that will be related to the amount of traffic being found on every lap. So it's the gap has stabilised now, somewhere in the region of 40 seconds separating Dixon and Pagino. In LMP2, 11 and a half seconds the difference between Ben Hanley and Josh Pearson's Orica 07s. So the zero 04 which is the class-leading car from CrowdStrike Racing by APR. TDS Racing in second place with Macho Vaxivier's AF Corsa car doing the chasing. PR1 Matheson Motorsport, the wins liveried car for Nico Lapierre, number 52, in fourth position in the slightly slower second prototype class. It has been made slower again, remember, to make the uh, to make enough of a difference between the speed of the GTPs and the LMP2s, but plenty of P2 drivers saying it is so tricky now. In certain places, to get by the LMP3s, you really have to risk uh, manoeuvres on the brakes into Turn 1 and into the Le Mans chicane as well, rather than being able to pick them off through pure pace on the high banks windscreen tear-off being removed from BMW number 25, which is the car still, sadly for them, at the tail end of the timing screen. That was Sheldon van der Linde, who brought the car in then from
0: 52nd overall. You know, I don't think we'll ever have a of 24 hours in which we talk so little about the uh, BMW M Team RLL entries, but again, they're just showing in GTP so much that's so new. And the, the number 25 was the one that was set back now, one of the crews down in the pit lane that's been um, had a bit of a mixed race has been high-class racing, and Nick's decided to go down and find out how life is with them. And that's car number 20, one of the many Oricas in class. They're all Oricas. Nick.
3: We're there, Jones, out of the high-class racing. Um, I suppose, really, you've, you've had a bit of a, a, a mixed bag, isn't it? You you, you fell off the lead. What, what caused you to fall off the lead, Labs?
1: Uh, we just struggled for pace. Um, at the beginning of the race, we really struggled with the car, and uh, we you know, we had, uh, yeah, we just lost the pace there and then fell off the lead that. Um, and then we were coming back again and then we found, we thought we had an issue with the car. Um, so we replaced a part, it seemed a bit better. And then about, you know, two or three hours ago, a uh, component on the car failed. So we had to replace that and that's when we lost another six laps. So it's been a tough, really tough race for us. We haven't had the pace and then we've had other issues going on and, uh, just one of those one of those days, but uh, we keep pushing.
3: I suppose if you're going to have a, if you're gonna have a race with no pace, that's the that's time to have the niggly problems as well, isn't it, really? You, know, <laughs> you don't want to have a fast car breaks down.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. You know, It, it was uh, frustrating because we had lost the laps and uh, we didn't feel like we had the pace anyway at the time. So it's uh, been a difficult week, two weeks for us, but um, we've been experimenting. We found some positive things and we just got to go over everything and uh, improve the Sebring.
3: So did you go into this race knowing you were lacking a bit of speed, or was it, was it a surprise as, it, as the race unfolded?
1: Well, last week at the Raw, there was a few teams which were a, a lot ahead of the, everyone else. Um, and in the, the final practice on Friday, we thought we'd found something. Our pace was really strong, um, so we were a lot more confident then. But unfortunately, it didn't transpire into the
3: race. Yeah. Uh, Never mind, Edward. hopefully you get a, a finish at least, and then you, know, you, can, you can stay right with the team.
1: Yeah, thank you.
3: Oh, bit of a crazy spell in the race. I was just
2: about to tell you about a rotating BMW, which had overrun coming off the infield section. So that uh, significant acceleration zone coming out of the Western Horseshoe and then towards the left-hander. BMW going straight on at that point, which was the rejoining
0: car and it was 25 it was yeah sheldon van der linde the one that's presumably not, on new tires not even yet in the top 50 and in fact wow. to get into the top 50 from 51st they have to gain another 35 laps to catch Yu kanemaru in the number 87 p3 entries such has been the setback for them just a moment or two ago johnny of course commenting that we haven't had much to comment about with um, those two bmw gtps we will in races to come but clearly yeah, yeah. it's not yet on the pace of sister car however I guess at least they're relieved that Marco Wittmann wasn't spinning that because he is seven laps down, but he's in the top six and uh, will be plugging on towards the end of the race. But for Sheldon van der Linde, so many laps down. We were talking about this even when we did our first stint on the night shift, Johnny, even before the coffee from Sacred Coffee had kicked in properly about how difficult it is to keep your focus when you've had a setback early in a 24-hour race. And as much as the drivers of number 25 can press on, for what, you might say? It's all about race mileage, though. These brand-new racers... And uh, so for Conor de Filippi Colton Herter, and, of course, Sheldon van der Linde. It's not an easy task. For Colton Herter, of course, it's not so bad. He has two cars to choose between, 24 and 25, and at the moment 25. Well, that's clearly the, the better place to the two. Sixth overall.
2: So that was the one loop that was necessary. The other loop that's just happened was heading down into turn one for Michael Grenier in the court-off uh, Mercedes AMG GT3, number 32, far too deep into turn one, had to go clockwise to do a full 360 and rejoin the racetrack. Meanwhile, LMP2 race leader into the pits, his Nick.
3: Yeah, the 04, the CrowdStrike uh, car has come in and uh, it's doing a very, very simple stop. It's putting four new tyres on, it's putting a, a slug of fuel, and it's cleaning the windscreen. Uh, the driver's staying on board, but they have. Uh, Managed to slowly ease away in this uh, second half of the race, and there's nothing to say this is going to stop. I mean, we're getting quite a few points now, and I don't want to jinx it, but we kind of need some sort of device to bring the field back together again. I don't know what those things are called, but you know, it might help. Like a uh, caution, a yellow flag, well, I, a I, safety car. I, oh, shh, 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 shh. No, a thingy.
2: There's a oh, thingy needs okay. to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. For mm. competition reasons?
0: Throw
3: one, have, oh, you reason, some, really? have you
2: got something in your pockets that you could throw out onto the track that they'll need to sweep
0: up? It's yeah.
3: it's, a, it's about now. You need your Wiley E Coyote Acme box of tacks, isn't it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Far easier, mate. to put Bruce and Johnny in the commentary box, and normally things well. go on. But the thing that just struck me: we had the number twenty-five um, BMW going around. Down in 51st position, so completely out of the reckoning. And the other car that was spinning, Johnny, is only 10 positions higher up. Michael Grenier also hugely delayed in the, the team caught off. Team now caught out. Uh, Mercedes going for rotation down there. So they're not in the thick of the battle, not any, even near the thick of the battle, but they're still pressing on and just getting a little bit caught out. But anyhow, for the front-running cruise, it's a 36-second advantage. Scott Dixon, the 0-1 Cadillac, ahead of Simon Paginot lapping at fairly similar pace seem on a little bit fast but we've seen this a lot that 60 acura is very very quick we know the fuel efficiency is good but what's happened the second half of the race it's been relentless pace from cadillac racing the 01 that's leading the race 02 sister car with alex lynn at the wheel they can just put in the laps time Mm. after time after time now of course we've seen many a time if you get a huge temperature swing suddenly a car that's wonderful in the cool of the night track warms up and they, their cars just don't handle but I don't see any such problems for the Cadillacs and the Acura doesn't seem to matter day or night it's very very quick around the banking here so no advantage to be gained by Simon Pagano but knowing Simon he will be pressing on as hard as he possibly can 35 seconds gap between him in second and race leader Scott Dixon not insurmountable but we have four and a half hours remaining We always think that's the thin end of a race, but of course, Johnny, that's longer than an awful lot of endurance races in their own right across the season. It's such a different thing, such a different beast at any 24-hour race.
2: Yeah, and yeah, every single 24-hour race held around the globe has its own character, and this perhaps more than most, because it's not one of those circuits that goes off into the country, and in the case of the Nürburgring, uh, visits village and town, and town and village, it's all mapped out immediately in front of you. There isn't anywhere to hide around the Daytona International Speedway, and it's also known as a bit of a car breaker around here. It's tricky to set up a car as well, because it needs to be so, so quick down the tubes on the high banks, but you also need the downforce on the infield section. You've got to be good on the brakes into the Le Mans chicane and also down off the banking into turn number one. Lots of different areas of the setup that Need to be right, but you can't be good in all areas, so it is a compromise in terms of going well around here and then sustaining it for 24 hours. Of which we have nearly had 20 hours now, another half an hour or so, and we will be there. So, four hours and a half out, I reckon about another 160 laps ish. And the leader's just done a pit stop, Nick Damon.
3: I know, sneaky, aren't they? Just, you walk up the other end to see what's going on with other people in the event and suddenly uh, the leaders popped in for a quick stop. So I, all I can say is he came in, he's gone out. I literally saw him leaving. Uh, the question will be, which you will have the answer to any second now, when he trips a beam, did Scott Dixon get out of the car?
0: Yeah. Wait, wait for it, wait for it is all I can say to you.
2: But. That wasn't a yes as an affirmative. It was a yes to say, agreed, we will have to check
3: that.
2: <laughs> Sounded very vague, I realised. Um, The time's still ticking by because it's a patience game to wait for the car to loop around the back of where Nick is, around the back of the paddock. It then will ping the second timing loop at Pit Out, which is nowhere near Pit Out, actually. You've got to be so patient, sticking to the speed limit to about halfway along that concrete wall with the Rolex branding. And it will re-emerge into... The Western Horseshoe and Scott
0: Dixon stays at the wheel of the car, Bruce. It is such a long wait. I always have to <laughs> attune to this long delay when leaving the Daytona pits so at somewhere like Littlemore, They're not even up the slope towards the Dunlop curves at the t- top of the hill and uh, no problem at all. You know who it is, but anyhow, we now can confirm the Kiwi has stayed on board. So Simon Paginot leading the race by well, it says 21 seconds, but of course that was with uh, Scott Dixon still leaving the pit lane. It should be more than that. But then that sequence of pit stops uh, will have the Cadillacs, at least one of them, at least the 01 car, going back to the front of this order when Simon Pagenaud's car next comes into the pit. Not due for quite some while yet, but let's see how their pace unfolds. Uh, weather conditions: it's cloudy with sunshine. I know that sounds like a contradiction, but there's a little bit of both at uh, Daytona. But it's compared to last year, it's about, uh, well, many, many, many degrees warmer, and uh, certainly the drivers and the pits crews are not having such an excruciatingly difficult time, because last year it was almost uncharted territory. Arctic conditions at Daytona. We're glad to have seen the back of those. Interesting, on the latest tally, now this assumes we stay
2: green for four and a half hours, which seems pretty unlikely. If we do... I reckon we'll get through another 162 laps, add that to the 650 we've already done. We would get north of 800 on that equation, but we wouldn't get close to 833. It'll be 810, 811, something like that, but surely something's going to intervene between now and then. It's been a a prolonged run. I'm not going to mention any words beginning with... Well, I kind of already have. I, I was going to say any words beginning with Y and G, but uh, one might have slipped out of my mouth. Um, but the last uh, slowing of the pace that we had before we just we hand down to Nick Damon for another pit lane update actually, I'll reload the lap chart to get you a full update on how we've done for yellows so far, and in the meantime, Nick, tell
3: us what's happening in the pits. The 35s come out, it's uh, Josh Pearson in the uh, TDS uh, P2, leading, leading on sort of rotation there. They're quite out of sync, these P2s. Normally, they, they, they absolutely run in together. Whenever you have a uh, yellow flag, they suddenly, they're all there, bang, 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 at exactly the same amount of time. They're quite small tanks, so it's hard to stretch them. This one's coming several laps after the 04 Crowdstrike machine. Uh, it's definitely had tyres, it's definitely had fuel, but having made the mistake of missing the last Cadillac stop, I came all the way down the other end to make sure I don't miss the next one, and in doing that, I'm now a long way away from the P2s. Honestly, my life, what I need is a telescope. I could do kind of a, you know, a, um, uh, an Admiral Nelson kind of looker. I see no to P2 cars, but I do see the Zero Two 2 car, which is the Cadillac race, the blue one. Uh, there won't be a driver change here, of course, because Alex did only got in last time and Alabama got out. Uh, it's got a front... I think they are now. They see now that, that, that now they do the left-hand side tires, so they're alternating uh, tires. So you never have four cold tires on the car. You're always getting two new ones each time. So um, for Cadillac spotters, they are currently using all of the inner uh, cooling ducts for the brakes. They still have the outer duct glanked uh, off. Um, this car still is uh, sitting with the damage it did uh, hours ago to the front right of the splitter, which is a uh, slightly. Uh, uh, deranged the uh, dive plane on that right hand side that was a uh, uh, contact I think with uh, the 60 uh, uh, many hours ago obviously not deemed to be a major performance problem or perhaps they haven't had a chance to stick a new nose on it during yellow flag situation but that was a, a pretty solid stop but they are now doing lefts and rights so uh, interesting that that's how they decided to get over this my gosh the car is incredibly slow for the first that issue and the 33 is rejoining. They oh, fixed excellent. the uh, gearbox, they fixed the uh, the leaky exhaust, and the fire, and they're back running, and I assume they're still third, aren't they? Uh,
0: yes. Yeah. yes, they are still third, but uh, now they are 16 down, laps down on the race leader, which makes them... Oh, 16, 16 laps down, sorry, on the class leader, Thomas Merrill, 610 laps on the board. They're down now, this is the... Sean Creech car in 30, 30, 35th position for the number 33. Loden Steegel well, he sat on board, stayed on board while the repairs were effected. He's back onto the circuit, third in LMP3, but he's lost, well, 17 laps. They were a lap or so ahead of the 17 AWA. Duquesne, that now has a very, very comfortable lead of a mere eight laps over Connor Bloom, who's taken over the... Uh, Number 38, Performance Tech Motorsport entry. That's uh, the Ligier in second now, a distant second, but second nonetheless in LMP3. And Nolan still hasn't actually rejoined. We're up to
2: 36 minutes of that stop. He's back out on track now, so 36 and probably 10 seconds. 36 minutes, 10 seconds total pit stop time. On the face of it, considering how much work they had to do, That's very much damage limitation. But bear in mind, they came in with a a goodly chunk of a lead, a couple of laps, and uh, now very much a third place that they're hoping for. At least they haven't fallen back into the clutches of the 85 or the 13 LMP3 cars. Tymon von der Helm and Moritz Krantz running fourth and fifth in LMP3. The number seven, Porsche Penske Motorsport 963, is on pit road, and Nick Damon looking at others too.
3: Go on. As is the 31, so the 31 Wheel uh, Wheeling Engineering Cadillac. So we've got two of the recovering DTPs. Uh, uh, the Wheeling recovering from a less serious set of issues than the 7, but the 7 actually is now sitting in on the pit lane with the rear clip unattached, un- 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 the uh, engine cover off, uh, a clear liquid going in. I'm guessing I'm guessing that's water, but you can never tell, can you? It could, could be magic clear lube, for all I know. Um, but they're now putting it back on again. So they are doing... Um, uh, Liquid refills. The uh, Wheeland car goes past. I don't think either of these changed drivers. I don't think either of them changed tyres. Actually, I know it was a it was two tyres again for the Wheeland. Looks like it was the, uh, on the right hand side. But both of these cars obviously now very much more testing than racing as they try to get to the end, but tried to learn as much as possible for the upcoming races the of the IMSA Championships.
2: Jordan Taylor, a moment or two ago, was so chilled up on the banking in car number three, the Corvette. It almost looked like he was under caution. Now, they do say that when you get the groove right around here, this car, because of the banking, will effectively steer itself around the turns. He had one hand on the steering wheel, but his right hand, he almost had time to kind of whip into the air, and just, he was resting it in his crotch, just kind of going, this is so easy. I mean, I'm not suggesting taking the class win will be easy he does have a 10 second lead in GT Daytona Pro but Jordan
0: Taylor that's an indication of quite how many laps he's done around this place through the years absolutely I was thinking exactly the same And in fact I'll take myself and hopefully you and and the listeners back to the Millbrook testing ground north of London it's a you go on the big bank bowl there, and there are certain speeds in certain lanes you should be able to take your hands off the steering wheel and go around at those speeds. But the first time you try it when it's three figures, that you're in the three-figure lane, you focus quite hard. Thank goodness I was in a massive Mercedes 560 SEC cornered on okay. rails. Yeah, armchair. Thank, thank goodness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yes, it, it will just... It will just Settle there, and if you're uh, on IMSAradio.com, having clicked the live video feed, another chance to witness this, that is one-handed driving around the bank. You know, a slight correction there, then hand away from the steering wheel again. Cool look down <laughs> to the dials. Oh, just here comes the Le Mans chicane. I'll just apply the brake very slightly. It's easy, this racing, lark. He's given the secret away now, hasn't he? <laughs> Blown it. Blown it's like it out racing wide. a slot car. It just knows its way around here. Now to the high side of the TRM Aston Martin, the returning 64 car, which had a good spell out of competition overnight after that spun at Turn 6. But, yeah, I mean, that's something to behold from Jordan Taylor. He could drive around here with his eyes closed. I'm convinced of that. Ten laps into a stint, probably on very new Michelin tyres as well and running third in the GT class as a whole, but leading pro by ten and a bit seconds over Daniel junker Mercedes-AMG. I wonder if the Spaniard is driving one-handed. No
0: feet, no teeth, Mum, was yes, the next one. entirely so. Just looking at the TGM, Aston Martin, the Ted Giovannis, own car run by TF Sport. That was the one that uh, Hugh Plum, as you said, Johnny, went off at turn six, rear end into the tyre into the wall. Looks as though they've done a very, very good job of sorting it out and uh, get back in the saddle as fast as you can. The driver at the wheel, Hugh Plum. Here we go. So he's uh, settling back into the race. But of course, that costs them an awful lot of time, a huge number of laps. Indeed, 12 yeah. laps behind the next car ahead of it, the car that they would love to overtake to get into the top 45. But uh, we started this race with 61 runners. We're at 52 runners. We've had those nine retirements. The most recent was Christian Rasmussen, the ERA, the era motorsport uh, P2 runner. That was the last one we put a scratch next to. But uh, we've got one car still behind two of the retirements, and that is the much delayed P3 entry car number 43 which is uh, MRS GT racing just as we were about to come on at the midpoint of the race that was going around the banking on fire very spectacular but obviously uh, for Carson Monitors team there was a lot of repair work that was required for that and that's only got 368 laps on the board almost 300 laps almost half the race distance covered by the race leader down on Simon Pagenaud's number 60 Acura now
2: looking perilously close to going a further lap down is Ricky Taylor's number ten, um, the number ten, Wayne Teller Racing by Andretti Autosport, accurate, because within his sights a chasing Scott Dixon in the zero one, and this would put, to be putting the number ten car four laps behind Scott Dixon. Uh, No, three laps behind Scott Dixon, he's already three laps down from Simon Pagino, the race leader, and the 0-1 now looking for a way by, got really close to the back of Taylor's uh, number 10 car, brother, by the way, of Jordan Taylor, who we were mesmerized by with the one-handed driving not too long ago, and they're threading their way through traffic off Speedway Turn 4 and into the tri-oval. The Acura's still got the straight-line speed advantage over the Cadillac, but the Caddy's really good on the brakes and does close up in this traffic-affected area. Meanwhile, a good two-thirds of a lap further ahead, really, heading towards the Le Mans chicane. On lap 657 is Simon Paginot with Jordan Taylor just ahead in the bright yellow Corvette that leads GTD Pro. And Paginot making short work of that So nearly a minute's advantage now, Pagino over Dixon. And you can see why Dixon really wants to hurry things up, because the longer he gets caught up behind the lapped Ricky Taylor car, the more chance Simon pagino
0: has got of extending that gap and potentially putting the whole field a lap down. Yeah, I mean, we could be talking a tenth of a second here, a tenth of a second there. It seems like nothing, but it does add up. And if you can get that massive psychological boost of going a whole lap in the head ahead, you just feel you've got something sitting in your hands that you can use uh, for your advantage. And when it comes to wave buys and things, that lap is chalked up onto the board. Yeah. We are so a fair way away from that. It's
2: 45 seconds or so that Pagino's going to have to try and find. And the other thing we should remember is that Paginot's a lap or two away from the Acura's next pit stop for Shank Racing. So, again, the off-rhythm pit stops continue. Acura versus the chasing Cadillacs, 0 Those caddies are pitting about two laps apart. And then very deep into their current stints, the 60 Acura, the 10 Acura, which is about four or five laps away from its next stop. Dane Cameron will need to pit for fuel slash energy slash invisible electricity, blah, blah, in about seven or eight laps time. And Marco Wittmann's on the same schedule pretty much as, as Ricky Taylor. So he's about four or five laps away as well. But those early on in their stints, Dixie and Lynn. Second and third, Ben Hanley also single digits into his current stint. On balance, the LMP2s will do 25 laps on a stint comfortably, about 45 minutes. And Hanley is leading Guido van der Gaarde in the two Orica 7s Well, all Oricas in the LMP2 class these days. Macha Vaxivier doing the chasing for AF Corsa in car number. 88, but uh, every credit so far to the 04 team of CrowdStrike Racing with Algarve Pro Racing. So that's uh, uh, Stuart and Sam Cox's crew, of course, um, based in Portugal, although with strong ties to the UK. Algarve Pro Racing, regulars in the European Le Mans Series and indeed in the World Endurance Championship as well. Great to have a car in the Daytona 24-hour race once more. Now, the unique for this race, McLaren is on the infield for Inception Racing, just rounding the second of the horseshoes. And now we get a chance to listen to Pipa Dirani's Cadillac 5.5-litre down through the gearbox into the Le Mans chicane, and a glimpse from the 79 car as well, which has had a period of time out front in class, but the WeatherTech racing machine uh, is currently running in second position in GT Daytona Pro. With Daniel Junkadea looking to close that gap to the chilled out Jordan Taylor 10 seconds further up the road. And now, as expected, the 60 car coming in. This will be a 30 lap stint, Nick Damon.
3: And it'll be a. Oh, it looks like fuel only. So they are they are very happy with where the tyres are. Uh, oh no, I say fuel only. And as they do that, they uh, whack off the uh, the rear deck. They're doing a clean. I think, they, I think they're having. Are oh, they? They're back looking again at this issue they've got on the inner right-hand bank where they. Uh, they did the big pumpy thing. They're repressurising for these. so this the third time I've seen them doing it. They've got a. A, uh, a device at the back, a, a union, one of those very expensive silver dry brake systems, where they just connect it up, and he just pumps it. Now, I'm not sure, there is liquid in, so he's pumping liquid in. I'm not sure if it's engine oil, or it's, it may well be gearbox oil, because they've been worried about a gearbox seal, haven't they? So, that would be uh, a, a little stop. They've, not really, they've lost a little bit of time, because obviously the virtual fuel system has finished some time ago, so this is actual real-time they're losing. Uh, oh, it's been a very recalcitrant rear deck going on. It's always weighing it. We, we, we wanted to go on quickly. It won't, just won't fit. Frustrated uh, of the hand by the mechanic who just couldn't get the, uh, the T-bar in to get the uh, deck put on. It's now on, but they probably stopped 15 seconds at least longer than they needed to do. And I walk a few yards, and I see the number 10. That's the kind of an Minolta car, of course, and that is uh, doing a full set of things. they had the tyres, I I think they got a new driver in there. Who, is it? who was in the car when that came in, uh, Johnny? Ricky Taylor in the 10. Yeah, yeah, Louis Deletrius De has got in that one. So uh, Ricky Taylor's out, Louis Deletrius is in of the car. Uh, a couple of laps back after some problems overnight. But yeah, so that is the 60 Acura who were gaining time bit by bit. Well, they've, they've lost all of that with that gearbox re-pump. Um, at least 15, 20 seconds. You, you'll be able to see that on the timing what that uh, gap goes up to or or doesn't come down to but yeah that's uh, not a major disaster but they are they are doing it very regularly that so you have to factor that into your how far ahead is somebody uh, calculations.
2: Very good point the other awkward thing about that was because it took longer to get the car released from the pit box it allowed the 10 to park immediately in front so exit for Pagino was pretty awkward it looked like a sort of half stall even though it was on milk float power the 60 car feeding out, but he had to readdress the steering just so he got clearance around the tail of Ricky Taylor, who'd arrived in the meantime. Otherwise, they had not had the, the difficulty with the sticky rear deck. I think he'd been clear and gone before Ricky had actually arrived in the store ahead. A minute and well, it's probably verging on two minutes actually for Pagino. That stop, Ricky Taylor about to re emerge. The stationary period of time for Taylor's Acura was about 45 seconds. Compare that to about a minute and a half stationary for the 60 machine. So about double the length of stop it would have been because of the hiccup with reattachment of rear deck and Paginot returning to the racetrack now.
3: Uh, what else have you got in the pit road, Nick? I've uh, got the 24, which is the... Uh, slightly delayed, but really... It, it's, let's, let's say it's done the whole race, really, which is the uh, the 24 BMW LMDH. That's uh, having a full service. It's got tyres, it's got fuel, it's also got a driver change, so Marco Wittmann's got out. Uh, and I think... And I'm going to just say... I think that was might have been Colton hurter getting in all fathers. I don't think it was Eng. It was more of a trying to look at what they like physically in one anything else, but, yeah, but, uh, yeah. but uh, no, I, it's not Colton, I don't think, so it's, uh, who's, who's obviously down for both cards which is confusing, so I'm going to go for Augusto first and then find out it's Philippe and Eng and looks stupid, but there we go, you've got me, every now and again you've got, got, got us a guess, haven't you? <laughs> well, I think
2: Eng was in before Wittmann, so I'd be surprised if he go back to the Austrian straight away, it's also about trying to remember the general rotation of matters, you were right with Louis Delatraz in the 10, so he's t- taken over from Ricky Taylor, uh, we're still waiting for confirmation regarding new BMW driver in car 24 but we'll get to that just as soon as the car goes through the timing loop around the back of the paddock it is Colton Herter, who's uh, not in that car is he he's yes he is he's in he, both he's
0: yeah he can pick and he can choose and uh, my very good screen needs to up date itself so that can be confirmed I have to go to my secondary timing screen for that now yeah you uh, see
2: the secondary timing screen I found is great for knowing immediately who's at the wheel of those cars whereas uh, another far more informative timing screen tends to update uh, more infrequently but the stuff you get from it is superb Um, so I'm kind of dancing between the two and enjoying it very much. Uh, Four hours and eight minutes to go for the 61st edition of the Rolex 24. Live from Daytona, we've got flag-to-flag coverage here on RS2 IMSA Radio. It's Bruce Jones and Johnny Palmer in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. And down in the pits for us is Nick Damon.
3: With Marco Wittmann, fresh out of the 24. Marco, um, a good but you had some
4: problems halfway through, lost three or four laps, what happened? Uh, We had a bit of a problem um, on the car where we had to do a power, power cycle um, during the pit stop and then when we did the power cycle, the car did not restart. Um, which was costing us quite a lot of time, so we had to connect the car, reset the car and, and then we could go again, but obviously um, dropped us quite back, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I think we need a few more yellows to, to come back. Um, still we are fighting, uh, we are pushing, obviously it's not been an easy race for us. Um, overall, we, we are lacking a bit of performance, I mean, we, we are lacking this since the Roar. Um, but we are trying, we are pushing, you know, I think we are the manufacturer who started the latest with that project, so I think we can still be proud that so far this one car, the 24, is running pretty much uh, uh, in, in a good shape, you know, with, with not many miss- issues. Um, and, and now, obviously, we try to finish the race. And as I said, hopefully there will be one or two full-course yellows.
3: How do you feel, you know, in clean air, basic pace, how do you feel your your overall pace is compared to the others?
4: I would say in clean air we are not too bad. There's still a bit of missing to the competition, but obviously we struggle a lot under traffic when you you need to dive in, when you need to break offline. Um, That's where we are lacking pace, Um, and this also, you know, this rules then our problems even more. So in clean air we are kind of okayish, but obviously with the traffic we lose even more.
3: Marco, uh, hopefully you guys get to the end, and well done for this fantastic effort.
2: Thank you. It really has been from BMW. I think they knew it was going to be an uphill struggle because they were the the latest of the four manufacturers to uh, get some testing in to develop their brand-new M-Hybrid V8 with the 4.0-litre turbocharged V8, as the name of the car would suggest, from uh, Rahel Uh, Letterman Lanigan, and it's the team that is so familiar with running BMWs, more so in their GT spec previously, GT LM, with the M8 cars, Uh, but moving forward into prototype territory, territory, back to prototype territory for BMW, of course, after a couple of decades and a bit away, Uh, but with great success previously here in the States and also at Le Mans. Uh, Marco Wittmann wants cautions. We've only had eight of them, and the last one was withdrawn at the 14 and a half hour mark. I mean, we're, we're closing in on 20 hours now, so five and a half... five, no, six and a half, five and a half hours, not uh, without a caution to this point. And I keep readjusting my uh, tally of hours left, compared to about a 1 minute, 39 second lap, and trying to work out, therefore, how many laps there are to go. So let's change that now to four hours and four minutes. 147 laps remaining. So we're, again, on target for 800 laps, but we'll have to stay green for the remaining four hours. Well, we've done it for the previous four and five hours, in fact, five and a half hours
0: in the clear. Can that be sustained? Very good question. What you what have to understand is um, not every commentator has the mathematical nows and the, the backup that Johnny has, a prodigious amount of uh, data to be examining sometimes you might say a little too much so I'll move on to another segment yeah yeah I mean, you don't really know
2: what the question was there
0: do you no 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 because <laughs> I was actually I was about to come in I was just thinking about engine notes again I have veered off into that and I was thinking gosh you were saying it's about 20 years ago that BMW were last at the top level of the racing mm-hmm. do you remember the engine note their magnificent V12 engine yeah that ran in those prototypes back then I, I was sorry, I went 90, off was it was
2: 1998
0: a... winning at Le Mans uh, that sounds ish about but hold on I'll, I'll just double double check that for you while um, you're looking Looking at a lap chart, I'll go back. But, you know, again, there are certain times in the cycle of racing when um, things are very special. Uh, 1998 it was, 25 years ago. Well done, Johnny. Winning at the Moor. But then again, our
2: ever-expert producer for the day, Rob Lomas, has said 99. What does he know, frankly? What does he know? (laughs) It was one of those years in the late 90s. I mean, for me, 1998 is a Ricard Rydell year, and 1999 was Laurent Aiello. But that's the British Touring Car Championship
0: for you. It's harder for our producer, Rob, because, of course, he wasn't born in 1998. I think he was. Were you? I I think he was. was.
2: He was was a mere year old. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's a 1997 kid, which was a la menu, of course.
0: (laughs) Very That's good. how
2: I dictate my 90s, the years of the 90s, is whoever won the BTCC. Sorry. I'm you do not do it that. on the
0: last time that Blackpool won the FA Cup. <laughs> or <How laughs> Stanley Matthews? Yeah. What year was that? Good 1953 knowledge. or something like that?
2: Hey, you know your stuff, don't hey. you? You've been asking a lot of Blackpool questions of late. Yeah, it's because yeah. of our massive FA Cup run of one round <laughs> this year.
0: And I know nothing about football, but certain facts slot it's in. It's good. Somehow.
2: Well, Hindhoff got a Sunderland mention in during his last stint, so I think I should mention the Tangerines where possible. Lost yesterday, but there you go. Um, And Tangerine is still resplendent in the LMP3 class, but not so much for Sean Creech Motorsport these days, sadly. They have tumbled down the order. Thomas Morell, the new race leader in LMP3 with the Duquesne D08, and it overtook, or uh, rather was gifted the race leader. I mean, it had been battling for it anyway, the AWA car, all race long with Sean Creech Motorsport but that has taken uh, taken matters out of Sean Creech's uh, hands rather with the huge difficulties with the actuator that needed to be fixed and uh, exhaust gases bleeding from the wrong part of the manifold and melting wiring and such like so th- an awful lot of work required on the 33 amazingly they got out after something like 36 minutes and are still on for a podium. In the LMP3 class but the dreams of taking a Rolex home in 2023 rather went up in smoke and melted wiring uh, very quickly indeed four hours and one minute to go so that is a prime time to give you a VP Racing Fuels in race update 20 hours down and it's Scott Dixon's Cadillac Racing Caddy V that leads the way after 665 laps. It has an advantage of 52 seconds over Simon Pagino's chasing Acura ARX 06. And the 60 car, an extended pit stop last time around. That was 10 minutes ago now when they had to detach the rear deck and inject a bit of gearbox oil thought was up for debate okay some sort of fluids that is having to be done on and off every three pit stops let's say just to stay on top of that and make sure they don't lose any more crucial fluids but the car is still looking good for a podium and depending on where the end of the race falls and where we are on the, the pit stop cycle they might just be out front i'm sure now uh, those at michael uh, at uh, shank racing with Janian and those at cadillac racing are starting to back time with probably four stints now between now and the end of the race well it'll be five and four in a bit won't it and there's that awkward amount because we're looking at 52 minute stints that they do not fit quite clearly evenly into the remaining 200, 240 minutes the 0-2 Cadillac is in third with Alex Lynn at the wheel. That car just hanging onto the lead lap, by my reckoning. 85 seconds is inside the 1 minute 38s we're currently doing, but Alex Lynn is is running the risk here of falling off the lead lap during this sustained run of Green Flag. Louis Delatraz in the fourth place, number 10 car. The second over the Acura's from Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport. Fifth place, the six. Porsche Penske Motorsport 963, that's back in the hands of Nick Tandy, and Colton Herter took over the BMW M Hybrid V8 number 24 during the last stop. That is in sixth. LMP2 is led by Ben Hanley in the 04, uh, the Orica 07 class leading for CrowdStrike Racing by APR. TDS Racing's Guido van der Gaarde, number 35, is in second, within third place, uh, the Machia Vaxiviere-driven AF Corsa, 88. Fourth position, Alex Quinn, PR1 Matheson Motorsports, 52. In LMP3, Thomas morell and the AWA crew, I won't say have got it in the bag, but they are streets ahead of their nearest rivals who are now Performance Tech Motorsports. The gap is eight laps between the 17 and the 38 for uh, Conor Bloom, and that was after Dramas for the 33 Sean Creech Motorsport car, which has rejoined in third position, but after over half an hour behind the wall for repair work, Nolan Seagal stayed at the wheel for Sean Creech Motorsport. They're still on course for a podium. GT Daytona, now led by Darren Turner in the heart of racing team, Aston Martin, number 27. Leading from two GT Daytona Pro cars, Jordan Taylor and Daniel Junqueira in number three Corvette and number seventy-nine WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. Fourth in the GTS is the second-placed GTD car of Philip Ellis, Winward Racing fifty-seven Mercedes AMG. And in fourth, pos- in fifth position, Ben Barnaco in the Vasser Sullivan Lexus RCF car fourteen. He in turns ahead of the Magnus Racing number forty-four Spencer Pompelli car. That was your hourly update brought to you by VP Racing Fuels, the official coolant of IMSA. Stay frosty.